Hello. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope that you will be encouraged and it builds your faith. Thanks for listening. One verse of scripture. I'm not going to be very long this morning, but I want to drop this into your spirit. And uh, we all know that God has created our mothers with uniqueness, but you probably didn't really know that the scripture teaches that too. And uh, of course, uh, a very famous passage of scripture here in the book of Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, the Bible tells us, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land upon the land which the Lord your God has given you. It's a great passage of scripture. One of the Ten Commandments that God gives us is that we honor our mothers and our fathers. And that word honor is a very powerful word. You know, the book of Proverbs tells us in chapter 4 and verse 7, it tells us that wisdom is the supreme thing to get. And it says that we are to get that wisdom at whatever cost it is to get it. In other words... Uh, wisdom comes, the Proverbs uh, is full of wisdom. I don't know if you've ever studied the book of Proverbs, but it's an incredible book. But one thing I noticed that as I begin to study the book of Proverbs is that inside, I realize that um, inside every mother, there's the uniqueness of not only how God has created her, but there is a wisdom that comes in a mother through a mother that only God can give. And really, that wisdom is accessed through honoring your mother. We really have the ability to access that wisdom when we honor our mother. God unlocks that wisdom that is in our mother to impart that into us. And so we do that by honor. And the reason I know this is because when I begin to look at the, at the book of Proverbs, I notice something. You know, the first nine chapters of the book of Proverbs um, is making a case for wisdom. In other words, Solomon spends the first nine chapters talking about the importance of wisdom, why wisdom is important, why we should have wisdom, why we should use wisdom, what wisdom does for us. But then he does something that's interesting. And uh, in chapter 10, verse 1, he says in Proverbs, he tells us, when we, when we look at that, um, in Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 1, He tells us this. He says, and this is the first proverb. Now, the first nine chapters talks about the importance of proverbs. Now in chapter 10, he begins to give us proverbs. And the first one he gives is, this is the proverb of Solomon. A A wise son makes glad a father, but a foolish son is the grief of his mother. In other words, the very first part of this chapter talks about how our relationship should be with our fathers and our mothers and with our mothers. In other words, the Bible says that a fool despises those relationships. Matter of fact, when you look through Proverbs uh, and you see the relationship uh, of a fool, that a fool always despises great relationships. In other words, it means to despise means to be contempt of or to disdain or to consider worthless or unworthy of honor. And the Bible here says that a foolish son is one who brings grief to his mother. In other words, uh, when you begin to look at these words, you begin to see that here uh, Solomon is laying out the principle of that when we don't honor our mothers, we become foolish when we put 
not great value on who they are. But what's interesting is the very first proverb that's given in Proverbs uh, from Solomon has to do with, him, with his mother. But the very last proverb that is given in Proverbs also deals with a mother. And so in Proverbs chapter 31, some of you are very familiar with that passage of Scripture. It is the passage of Scripture that talks about the chapter of honoring a noble wife, a noble wife's character. In the midst of that chapter, it talks about that her children shall rise up and call her blessed. But he ends the very Proverbs in verse 31 with this. Give her of the fruit of her hands. In other words, some translation says, honor her for the things on which she has done and let her works be heard and praised in the gates of the city. In other words, in other words, honor her and let the things that she done has done be known in the public square to make public the wonderful things that she's done. Now here is Solomon in a book of wisdom. He begins the book of Proverbs or begins Proverbs talking about Proverbs with how we should have relationship with our mother. And he ends it with how we should have relationship with our mother. I just thought that was interesting. And the key word that you see through here that is connected to mothers is the word honor, that we are to honor our mothers. Now, honor is a quality that I believe that we are leaving behind in today's world. Would you all not agree with that? How many know honor is one of the things that we have lost in this hour? Matter of fact, our culture has become so toxic that we've lost the value of honor. In other words, uh, like there is uh, this boldness, we have this boldness in our culture to dishonor uh, people as though the most popular people in our society are people that learn to dishonor people. That there's this toxicity in our culture to dishonor people. Matter of fact, social media, political uh, scenery has created some of this. But I just declare this morning that in the name of Jesus that we learn to begin to put honor back where honor is deserved in our lives and in our culture. And how many know the church can, can learn to honor again and learn to bring honor where honor is due? And nothing is more honorable this morning than learning how to honor our mothers this morning. Honor means this. It means value. The word honor in the Hebrew that is mentioned here in Exodus 20, it means value. It means worthiness. Actually, the word is kebab. It means to wait, to have weight. In other words, when you honor someone, you put weight on it. You put value on it. It's actually keen to the word glory. In other words, you, you, you honor it. You, you glorify it. You, you, it puts weightiness on it. There's a heaviness. That's why when we say don't take something lightly, what are we saying? That you're lifting the weightiness of it or the value of it off of it. So to, to, to take something lightly, to take a mother lightly, to take honor lightly, we are lifting off the honor that it deserves. And so sometimes we feel that uh, in the day we live in that some people don't deserve honor. And maybe because of how they've treated you or what they've done, they don't deserve honor. But the truth is, honor has nothing to do with whether someone it deserves honor. Honor has to do with and begins with how, how God looks at them, how God has claimed them to be or say what they are. It's not so much how you see them, but how does God see them? 
In other words, we put honor on our parents and on our mothers because we see that in Scripture, God honors mothers. And so we're to be honorable. We're to put weight and value on the fact that God has given us mothers. The wisdom thing is to honor our mothers and to understand the value of that because God can see you in a completely depraved place, but yet at the same time, God can see you at your best. God can see you at a place and see you in the midst of the things you have done, but yet God can still see you in your potential. God can see you, or you could be standing and see you in the midst of your mistakes, but God can also look at you and see the potential that is on the inside of you. Why? Because God has the ability to continue to honor his word and honor you, even though at the moment you don't look like you should look as a Christian. And there are times when people don't deserve our honor, but we can't look at people through the prism of what they deserve. We have to look at them like God looks at them, and we have to honor them like God honors them. So in the book of Genesis, if you'll turn over there real quick, I, wanted, I, I led that in to say this this morning. I want to talk a little bit about, I believe there are some things that God has put in mothers that makes them very unique, that makes them different. And, and, and when we look at Scripture and we look at Genesis chapter 1, we see in verses 26 and 27 and when God created man, how he created them. Now, all you men that are here today, how many of y'all would say that men and women are different? <laughs> if, if, if you haven't realized that, you either are not married or you have not been engaged long enough to realize are married long enough to realize that men and women are different. Well, they're different in the sense that God's created them that way, and we know that God has created them that way in the uniqueness of who they are. Genesis 1, 26, 6 says, Then God said, Let us make man. Let us, plural, God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. And we look over that sometimes, not realizing that the Trinity had a huge part in all of creation. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. In other words, we're made in the likeness of God. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds, over the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. I know a lot of creeping things that creep on the earth. Verse 27, so God created man in his what? Own image. Is that right? But then look at this. God makes the distinction. That in the image of God, he created him, all right? Male and female, he created them. Now, God is not male or female, but we refer to God in the masculine. That's the, that's the text, or that's the context of the text that we refer to God in. God's not neither male or female. The word for man here is mankind. So God has created male and female. There's a distinction that God has put on male and female. We know that. We see that, that great distinction. There are characteristics I believe God has put in mothers that are different than what are in men. And all the women said amen. And it's easy to see, and it's easy to know if you have been around long enough. But I think the characteristics that God has put in women is a gift to humanity and a gift to all creation. And there are some things that I think that are in a mother that is distinctive that I believe that only God could have put that in them. That is even distinctive of men. 
and even distinctive of us. And so I want to share a couple of those with you this morning. We know that our mothers are a gift. A second grade teacher one time took her class and she was describing, uh, she was teaching them about a magnet. And you know, the magnet that sticks to things and picks things up. And she was talking about a magnet. She talked about how it worked, what it was, what it does. Uh, a lot of time teaching on uh, how that, that works. And so the next day, she wanted to give her second grade class a test on the day before about a magnet. And so she had put on the test. She said, describe this. What is this? My full name is six letters. And my first letter of my name is M. And I pick things up. Over half the class, the second grade class, put my mother. <laughs> and so how many know moms are busy picking things up? But we see here this distinction in Genesis chapter 26 and 27. But here are a couple of things about things that God has put in a mother that we know are distinctive this morning. Number one, mothers know. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Mothers know. And uh, a mother is the closest thing to the omniscience of God that there is. We all know God is omniscient, right? God is all-knowing. I'm telling you, mothers are the most distinctive thing, the closest thing to omniscience that there is. I don't know about you all, but uh, my son, when he got to be in his teenage years in high school, uh, he thought, we always told our kids, we said, guys, me and your mom pray. And one of our prayers every day is, is that you will never be able to hide anything from us. God will show us everything you do. And we prayed all the time, God, if they're ever in trouble, you let us know it even before they know we know it. So one time, my son, he was in junior high school, and he had this crush on a girl, and he thought he could just tell us he was heading to a friend's house, and he was going to a friend's house, but he really was running, running to this little girl's house because this little girl was there, and her father, we, we, worked, we lived in this little community. It was kind of gated. Her father was an FBI agent, and I thought, that's not good at all. And, uh, and so he wanted to run to her house and he didn't want us to know that he was going there. So for it, he did, you know, you always know when your kids do something out of the ordinary, you know, they're up to something, right? I mean, it's like, it's like, you're trying to get it by us. It's like, I'm going to overcompensate and, and they won't know. So out of the blue, he calls us and says, Hey mom and dad, I'm running down to uh, so-and-so's house. What was his name? That boy that, that was Carlton. He said, I'm running down to Carlton's house and I'm going to, I might stay the night and, and, uh, I love y'all so much. I love you, mom, dad. I just love you. And we're like, he never says stuff like that. So we're riding me and my wife and my wife says, it ain't good. He ain't, he's up to something. I'm like, nah, he's a, no, no, it ain't good. He's up to something. I just know he's up to something. And so uh, I said, well, let's see. So I called him back and I said, hey, Austin, are you at Carlton's? He said, yeah, I'm at Carlton's house. I said, oh, cool. I said, you know what? Your mama has not seen you all day and she wants to see you. We're going to drive by Carlton's and we want you just to step out and wave at her. She'd blow her a kiss. It would make her day. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're kind of in the middle. No, I said, no, we'll be there in just a minute. And so we get to uh, the house, and we're honking the horn, 
and he doesn't come out. And we honk in the horn. He doesn't come out. And I call him. I said, hey, man, where are you? He goes, I'm in the window. Can't you see me? I'm like, no, we can't see you. We want to see your body. He's like, oh, man, I'm not there. How many know a mother knows? A mother knows. I could con my dad, but I couldn't con my mom. Like, I could tell my dad, dad, you know, this is what my dad's like, okay, be safe. You know, don't get in trouble. But I'd say something to my mom. My mom would say, Shane. All right, all right, Shane. And she'd know, I'd tell another, she could, she could hone in on you. And then before it was over, I don't know how she had that power, but before it was over, I was confessing stuff that I didn't even realize I was going to confess because I wanted it to be over. Just beat me. Just beat me. I don't want, I don't want the look anymore. I don't want the lecture. Please just whip me. You know, just get it over with. I'd be confessing stuff I did six months earlier. <laughs> Why? Because a mother knows. Y'all know that a mother knows. That a mother has the ability to know. And God has given her that uniqueness in that ability. That's something that comes from God. That God has given her. That God has put in her. And you know what? It's something that God has put in here, and we see it played out in the life of Jesus. The Bible said several times in the New Testament, matter of fact, there are six scriptures that says, and Jesus knew their thoughts. Jesus knew what they were contemplating. Jesus knew what they were said. Now, men usually don't have that gift. Matter of fact, women have the ability to know, and matter of fact, moms will even know what you're thinking, dads. They'll, they, has any dad ever got the question, so what are you thinking? <laughs> and I'll say, nothing. Moms, let me give you some insight. We really don't. We really aren't thinking about anything. It's true. <laughs> we are not really thinking. But they always want to know what you're thinking. Always, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? And then when you don't tell them what you're thinking, they will tell you what you're thinking. And what amazes me is they get it right. Why? Because a mother knows. We'll be at a, we'll be at a party or something, and this is, and uh, somebody be telling a story, and I'll be like, oh, I'm going to tell this story. I'm going to tell this. And it's in my mind, and I'll look up and lock eyes with my wife, and she'll go. <laughs> I'll be like, what? Don't tell that story. <laughs> She knows I'm going to tell it before I even tell it. Why? Because a mother knows. That was put in. God put that in our mothers. Moms, moms have the ability to know even when we don't know, God has the ability. God has put that in a mother. Secondly, mothers care. You know, there's a level of care that comes from mothers that we don't see in many. Uh, there was an article that was in the San Antonio Times about a, an article about an aunt and a mother, and they had her, children, had her child with her, and they had gone to a, uh, a, a strip mall or a mall or whatever it was, and when they got out, the aunt who was driving had locked the keys in the car with the child in the car. And so they were all panicked. The child was in there. They knew it immediately. They called the police, and the police come, and they couldn't get the door open, so they called a tow truck. They called a uh, tow truck. The tow truck came, and uh, the guy got out, went over to another window, and busted the window out and unlocked the door. Well, the mother was rejoicing, crying, rejoicing, holding the child. And the aunt's like, who's going to pay for my window? 
And it, it, was, it, it was like you knew who the mother was because the mother cares. And mothers have an ability to care and an ability to care when no one else can care. Mothers have the ability to care when no one else cares. You know, one of the things that I loved about my mother is that when I was sick or when I needed attention or care, when I needed to go to the doctor, my mom always made it at a point to separate her attention and time to that care in my life. No matter what was going on in all the rest of my brothers' and sisters' lives, So I love going to the doctor with my mom because we would always leave the doctor's office if I went to an eye doctor or whatever, and we would go to Skyline Chili. Come on, y'all. Everybody say amen. She'd always take us every time I was with my mom alone, and we were doing something like that. She would take it. Why? Because she knew Skyline Chili was my heart. And we would sit and eat Skyline Chili. And those times I would sit with my mother. And when I was sick, the attention that she would give, it would just be as though I knew for sure that she cared, that she continually cared for our life. You know, uh, our daughter Caroline is about ready to move out, and we're going to be empty nesters, like completely empty nesters, praise God. And uh, so, (laughs) praise God. (laughs) I can wear clothes that I haven't worn I can be without clothes if I choose to be without clothes. <laughs> no, I better, better not. Too many windows. But, uh, uh, but, you know, of all of our kids, the only one we really worried about when they were kind of out, like Austin would be out, we knew he'd be safe. Caroline never went out because she was studious and she was always studying, reading, or doing something, and she didn't want to go out that much. But Savannah, she was a social bug. She would run everywhere to everybody's house, go with anybody. She was naive. I mean, like somebody would drive by and say, hey, you know, uh, let's go here. You know, she'd, be, she'd jump right in the car. She wouldn't know. She wouldn't care where they were going. She'd just do it. She was just naive. And so my wife would always say, you know, I worry about her. You know, somebody could steal her. I said, no, they're not going to steal her. Because once they feel like how much you have to pay for her clothes and how much she talks, they'll bring her back. <laughs> But you learn that instinctive care from a mother. You learn a mother has that instinctive care where she takes care, where she constantly is considered. And this is something that God, that God, an attribute of God. If you remember the woman from Maine in the book of Luke chapter 7, she was leading the procession of her only son. And Jesus showed up, and Jesus showed up, and when he showed up, he had, the Bible said, he had compassion on her, had compassion on him, and went in and raised her son up and brought him back to life. And the Bible says that he presented him to her. In other words, Jesus had the compassion. He knew what that mother was uh, feeling, the care she had, and Jesus showed up and showed compassion where no one would show compassion and raised her son up and presented it to her. You know what that promise is? You know what that promise is? That God, that if you have wayward children that are dead spiritually, wayward children, you're waiting for God to resurrect. I'm telling you, the compassion of Jesus will come and resurrect your child, bring them back to the house of God, and present them again to the mother. Let me tell you, nothing brings more joy to a mother than their children being in the house of God. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I mean, dads are excited, but moms love it when their children are with them in the house of God. 
because a mother cares. A mother cares. You know, uh, my wife has a unique quality that I love about her is that when she gets excited about, uh, passionate about something, she kind of will just go, like, go with it. So, like, when Austin was little and the girls were little, Austin would always torment the girls. And so Savannah came running in one day, and she was screaming, crying, screaming, crying, and she had two doll babies with their heads off. (laughs) She said, Austin tore the head off of my dolls. And she's half furious. He's mean. He's, ah! I mean, just total chaos. And uh, my, because my wife cares, she's like, Shane, you're going to have to talk to him. And I'm like, okay. She's like, he will not grow up and be a, a serial killer in Jesus' name. <laughs> he will not defile women. He will not. He will not be a, we, will, we, we are not letting him go to jail. We will not let him go down the path of a serial killer. He will not be one in Jesus' name. I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. How'd you get the serial killer? He just tore the doll off a baby's head. I just tore the head off a doll, that's all. You know, and, but she has that quality. And we've had many experiences like that. And, uh, and there's times where she's looked at him and she said, you will not be, you will not be. And it's like, goes, and I thought, Lord, what is that? I know what that is. It's care. It's when a mother cares, they're willing to go to whatever extreme it is to make sure that that child is cared for and that that, that child is loved. You know, the Bible tells us this in Isaiah 66, as one whom a mother comforts, so I will comfort you and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. In other words, but these are attributes that God puts in a mother that God has. You know, God also knows, and God also cares. God also knows, and God also cares. And so I want to close with this this morning. Not only does a mother know, not only does she care, but a mother helps. A mother has this instinctiveness to help. You know, my kids sometimes will tell my wife things that they won't tell me. And uh, I know that they, they need help because they'll call. If they can't reach her, they'll call and they'll say, Dad, where's mom? I'm like, she's right here. Let me talk to her. What's up? Nothing. I'm like, good to talk to you too. Love you. Here's your mother. She'll be like, really? Oh my God, son. Oh my God. Oh no. I'm like, what? 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 <laughs> I'm like, and, and, and then I'll find out. She'll come to me and she'll say, uh, Caroline wants, is going to move out. Oh, really? Great. When? Tomorrow. Tomorrow? How come I didn't know about this? Well, I've known for a while. (laughs) See, mothers have the ability to help when really many turn their head and not look. Mothers have the intuition 
and the passion to help their children when they're in need. How many know that's an attribute of God to help? The Bible said he's an ever-present help in time of need. God, listen, God never leads you into anything. But once you get into it and you're in the midst of trouble, we serve a God that's always willing to help us out. He's always willing to help us out. He's always willing to get us out, to help us out. 1 Thessalonians 2.7 says, we were, we, were a, we were gentle among like those like a nursing mother who cherishes her children. The Apostle Paul said that about those in whom he was nurturing. Mothers have the ability to help, and when they do, they do it by their nurturing. They do it by the way that they nurture Stand with me, if you would, this morning. Adam, if you'd come. You know, last thing about mothers, I'm just going to add this because it just came to me. Mothers know, mothers care, mothers help. But mothers also see. And mothers will see what others don't see. And... When uh, my stepmother, who is my mother, who I consider my mother, she, it's amazing what they know. It's amazing. I would show up at her house at times. This was before I was married. And uh, I would just stop by to see her. And just by stopping by and seeing her and visiting her and sitting with her, before the conversation was done, she'd say, because I knew I didn't have to say anything. She'd say, what's going on? What's happening? She knew something was bothering me or discouraged about something. And what I was afraid to tell others, I felt comfortable with sharing with her because I knew that she would see beyond my current circumstance and be able to see what God sees. I'm here to tell you this morning, we honor our mothers. We put value on them. We, 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 Solomon says that it's wise to honor our mothers. We honor them because we give it weight. We give it value. Some of you, the only cheerleader you had for a long time was your mother. She was the only one. And I'll just be honest with you. I said, Dad, you know, we, you know, when kids fall down and scrape their knee, where do they run? They run to their mom. And uh, he didn't run to your dad. If I ran to my dad, he'd say, ah, shake it off. I once killed a bear on the way to school with a notebook. <laughs> shake it off. <laughs> you know, no sympathy there. You know, there's no sympathy in the snow. To school, both ways, uphill. There's always snow in the middle of those stories. But mothers have the ability to see. And they see like God sees. And I want you to know this morning, no matter where you are spiritually, God may see you at this moment in one place, but I'm telling you, 
God sees far beyond where you are right now. Mothers have that ability to do that. God does that. To see, to be able to see further, to believe further. I'm thankful that I had a mother that was my cheerleader, my encourager. I thank God that I did not, even though I lost that void as a young man, for the first eight, nine years of my life, I had an abandoned mother. But God took what I needed, what was voided, and he filled that void with what I needed. And she stepped into that role and became what I needed. And I want to tell you, the mothers that God has given you, you must understand, they'll believe in you when no one else will. They'll cherish you when no one else will. And it's just like God. God knows, God cares, God helps, and God sees. And God may be the only thing you hold on to in moments, at times, decisions. Maybe He's all you got. If you're fortunate enough to have your mother that's still here and with us, you have a lot to be grateful for. If you're here today and you've lost your mother and she's gone on to be with the Lord or gone on into eternity and you miss her, you know what? God has a way of filling that void. You know how he fills that void? He fills that void by being, he fills it with himself. Because God knows, God cares, God sees, and God helps. So even when our parents have gone on to be with the Lord, God has a way of filling that place. You know why? Because he was their creator. He made them. And there is a real distinction between mothers and fathers. I believe God purposely did that knowing that in life we would need both of those attributes. That's why it's so important that we don't let the family be destroyed. That's why it's important that we don't let society dictate what God has called a family. Maybe you're here this morning and you just need maybe you just need someone to care this morning. Maybe you just need somebody just to know and to hear what you're going through. Maybe you're here this morning and you can't see, but God can. Maybe you're here and you need help. Just where you are this morning. Would you just lift your hands to the Lord? I want to pray for each of you this morning. But I want to pray for each mother. I know there are mothers that are here this morning. You have the weight of care that is upon you. Either from the worry of where children are, what they're doing, how it's going to turn out, maybe the care of something they're going through, you carry that burden too. But I'm here to tell you, you don't have to carry it alone, that God will carry it with you because the attributes, the care that you have, God put them in you. And so I'm going to pray for mothers. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for everyone. But right now, there's some mothers that have some weight upon them. And I just speak the peace of God right now. Father, let your peace come upon every mom, every grandmother, 
Every mother that has a care, every mother that has a need, every mother that wants to know, God, do you really know? God knows. God, do you, can you really help? I'm telling you, God can reach in and touch areas of lives of people and do with them what you never thought God could do. He has the ability to bring the prodigal son home. He has the ability to touch the heart of those that are wayward from God. Solomon understood his mother was a woman that needed, to, that needed God. Bathsheba was a woman who, who, who understood God and understood God's care, understood God's help, understood God's peace. So, Father, we pray for every mother right now. I pray the Spirit and the Holy Ghost of God would come upon them even as we speak. Raise them up to be great mothers, to, be, to lead their children. Raise them up to be mothers that care and mothers that lead and mothers that are willing to stand in the gap and believe when no one else will believe. Give them the strength, empower them to be greater than what they ever are or never have been. And so, Lord, we honor them today. We honor them for who they are. We honor them for what they mean in our lives and how you view them, God. We honor them because you honor them. And so, God, I pray the Holy Ghost of God would be comfort for them even right now at this moment. Let that. Thank you for joining us for River Valley Community Church's podcast. If you feel led to give, you can click on the donation link in the description or visit our website at rivervalleymadison.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share with your friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.